This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And this is 51 First Dates, a podcast where we talk about dating and get to hear about our dear gems, gem, gems, gem possessive, Carlin's dating experiences. Carlin is back with us. Hi, Carlin. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Sorry, I just made that intro so long. Um, Thank you to everyone listening. We are so pumped to have you. And we have a really fun episode today, don't we, Liza? (laughs) We have the most fun episode. We're going to do kind of something a little bit new we're doing I feel like you can pitch it better Kimmy this was Kimmy's brilliance so I want you to pitch it oh my gosh I do not think it's brilliance but listen so Carlin is being generous with her time and joining us but she is in the midst of a move a cross-country move and you know we're not we're not gonna force her to go on dates and tell us about them as she moves cross-country um however I love a format so today We're not like the most rules-driven dating podcast, or we try not to be. If you're new here, welcome. We like to talk about dates. Uh, This started as a dating project, but we're just like, we want you, if you're listening, to feel better about dating because it's lonely and it's awful. And sometimes, you know, putting frameworks and processes or even just, you know, hearing your questions read out loud can help. So usually we're kind of reading your questions and having all this long-winded advice, but for today, I thought we would really focus on kind of reading your questions and then distilling each of those questions into commandments, so dramatic, for an empowered girl summer. And so all of that cheesiness is basically to say, I feel lately we've been getting a lot of questions about dating, Um, and they, I, I just wish we could kind of create some wisdom around, you know, feeling more empowered this this summer especially because it's a weird summer to get back out there. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's going to be, yeah, it feels like with everyone uh, or, you know, most people vaxxed and on the scene, it's like everyone's kind of like a baby deer on shaky legs again. I feel that way about just like going to parties. Like I, I it, it's like insane how I'm like, oh, I forgot how to be a person and be around people. Um, so we're getting a lot of questions that I think are like about that, about like how it's vulnerable to be back out there. And yeah, so that's sort of what we're going to, what the commandments are going to speak to. And then we're going to chisel them into a tablet and then (laughs) mountaintop or something. Guys, I never, I also don't really have done. Insert religion. (laughs) Insert religion. Don't at us if this is not the right way to use this word. Sorry, Jesus. Um, sorry, Jesus. But thank you all for being here. Oh, also thank you. We're also going to do some, another cheesy thing. I, again, love a good framework. Um, I asked for some uh, dating stories that we could play detective on. So if you want to send us a, a kind of memory of dating or someone you dated or story from your past or now that is just like a total dating mystery to you, you've never cracked it, you don't understand it, you have a lot of clues. You you want to share them with us, and we can try to be detectives. So cheesy, and we'll see how good we are at it. But you can send us your stories. A few of you already did. We're going to do some today. You can email us your detective, dating detective stories at 51firstdatespod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and DM us there, 51firstdatespod, or subscribe to our Substack, Precious Gems, uh, our newsletter about dating and other things, and we love you all. Okay. I've been behind and I missed I missed it this week but our our substack that releases this week will be my dating detective story the thing that I truly am just like what happened here yeah yeah. um 
and Carlin might even remember it because I think it was college era. Maybe not. We'll we'll see. We'll what see. Was the Subscribe first to letter, Precious Gems. What was the first letter <laughs> and, of the person's name? M. I thought, but so. not the one you're thinking of. Oh damn! <laughs> I know <laughs> M is it's too common. Um, so. Yeah, you can also, in our Substack, if you choose to subscribe to it, get our um, links and lists of Consumption Corner, which is what we're watching, listening to, reading, consuming. Um, So let's do a real quick round. Does anyone want to go first? This is like the first time I've ever been like recent and on the ball. So obviously I have to go first. I watched Sex Life, Mm. Sex Slash Life on Netflix. Um, and like have a lot of thoughts about it. Have you no, I just texted you the other day. You guys haven't watched it yet. I still so, haven't yet, but I've heard. <laughs> like, no spo- there there's just like a lot. There's sometimes like those kind of like Netflix shows, like halfway through, I was like, is this good? I mean, like beyond just like the, you know, steamy sex scenes, and it's like, yes, I'd like to have like that experience in a in a pool at night (laughs) (laughs) and like in a private pool obviously um but then there are also times like which isn't oh gosh i don't know if this is a spoiler but so she i don't think it is i don't know but she like writes about her life in her journal like on her mac and her husband reads it and then, like, after the first time, there are, it's, like, those, like, infomercials where people, like, have these disasters, like, opening a cupboard, cupboard, and it's, like, ah! And so, like, when she discovers that she, he's, like, read it again, she gets so, like, distraught, like, oh, my gosh! <laughs> and it's, like, bitch, put a lock on your computer! Like, how many times? <laughs> like, it happens multiple times. And I'm just, like, I kind of, like, don't, like, what did you expect there's just like a certain like that like element of the show that like just drives me crazy it's like i feel like there's a really easy solution to this <laughs> um yeah or just like do it in google drive where, right like, yeah password. you know what i mean like you, <laughs> like you can solve this problem there are like so many uh, <laughs> options um but it's i feel like maybe like once you guys watch it we could get into it because i feel like they're I don't know, like, there's a lot of things that, like, I think could be on the table, like, polyamory, like, would maybe mm-hmm. be a solution, and, like, how, like, what is, right, like, that idea, like, if who you end up with isn't your, like, most passionate, like, lover, like, is that okay, like, is that enough, and I think that it, that's the question, and she maybe kind of answers it, like, towards the end with a cliffhanger, um, but yeah, but what I like the most is that, like, this couple, they commute, uh, from Connecticut to to New York in the city. So, and I was like, it's me. <laughs> um, so like, that was nice to see that it's like very normal and people do it like all the time. So that was every that was, day. I was like, this is going to be me as it started. And then as the story unfolded, I was like, okay, maybe not like every little bit will be me, but like the commute will be me. <laughs> but you'll be gazing out the Metro North window thinking about lovers. Yeah. Um, we, Carlin, incredible. We didn't, how did you feel about the full frontal? This is why I know. Oh, about God. This show. Right. Everyone's, yeah. Like it's like episode two, minute 30 or whatever it is. Yeah. It does make me think sometimes because I feel like just in general, like when they say like nudity, I feel like they show so much of a woman's body. But then like you never see anything for from the man. Like you see mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, you see her her boobs, but and his chest. So like that's the same thing. It's like, I don't think that's the same thing. I don't think it's the same like playing level. And then. And there's like a lot of close-ups of like her nipples and things. And it's like, what, when's he going to show me something? And then he does, it's like a, it's a brief, long look. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. And then like her husband is in the room and he sees it too. And he like kind of like rolls his eyes and it's like, right, that would be hard to like know about. But I think we should see penises like all the time. Like, they should just show it, and then it would be less of a, like, a, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I feel like it would have helped me to see some penises on TV shows before I saw them in real life. Just to understand they're all different. Yeah. Yeah, they're, like, you know, some of them weirder than others, I think, and that's fine. I mean, his and, like, Flaccid is, like, oh, my. (laughs) Oh, my. I mean, (laughs) it's, I mean... Yeah, like the whole eggplant thing, like that's that's a thing. There's God, well, you sold yeah. me. I'm yeah. ready to watch now. <laughs> Maybe I'll start that tonight in my Chipotle induced haze. Um, <laughs> I was complaining to 
to me and Carlin before we signed on that like I felt really sick and horrible and then I also ate Chipotle and like <laughs> this has been a weird, <laughs> Why weird day of weird it? choices. <laughs> Um, so that's my first bad consumption. Uh, I don't have any like super exciting ones, so I'll go really quickly. I want to recommend a book, but it's like kind of a beach read, so I don't think I'm smart. <laughs> I don't think I'm whatever <laughs> intellectual. I'm not trying to be like I read a book. It's whatever. <laughs> so it, I I may have even recommended this on the podcast in the past, but over quarantine, I think, or maybe before. I read this incredible book called Daisy Jones and the Six, mm. and then another book by the same author called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and that same the same author Taylor Jenkins Reid just wrote a new book called Malibu Rising, and all of her books are set in these like really fun times and places. Like Daisy Jones and the Six is like lightly based on Fleetwood Mac. It's kind of like almost famous, but it's a book, and um. Evelyn Hugo is set in like golden era Hollywood and it's very like that and this new book is set in the early 80s in Malibu and it's she I feel like these her books are like the equivalent of really high quality rom-coms like like Nancy Myers movies or something like they're so good and you care about the characters so much but they're like page turners but they're like fluffy but they're romantic but they're like sexy like I just like love her books they're really fucking fun to read and I'm just ripping through Malibu Rising it's like the whole like early 80s California like surfy beachy Malibu vibe is so fun um and it's just like giving me all the good like summer read vibes but it doesn't feel like completely empty-headed like I almost feel like if I'm reading a totally trashy beach read I'd rather just like be watching tv so Mm -hmm. it's just like the right the right amount of like I think it's pretty well written like I think she's a good writer um but I would recommend any of her books but yeah, Taylor Jenkins Reid is the author and Malibu Rising is the current book. I want to read that. Okay, I will go. I will start with a quick shout out. Have either of you seen Summer of Soul on Hulu, the documentary Questlove made? Okay, this is, again, not me trying to be highbrow. I was just fascinated. I think it's so well done. I think it was like Sundance, big deal. And then is you can watch it on Hulu now. It's about the Harlem Cultural Festival, which happened the same summer as Woodstock, the big music festival, and just has gotten no attention in all this footage. It's just, I I highly recommend it. I was just like really blown away and and learned while being highly, like it's just a really interesting documentary. Just so shout out to that. I would watch that. Um, And then, okay, I can't stop thinking about this quote and I can only dream of giving dating advice on a podcast this powerful. I listened to a an episode of Nicole Byer's podcast, Why Won't You Date Me This Week? And she had on a dancer named Kat Hollis, who's a dancer in Portland and who founded this really amazing um, collective for dancers and strippers in Portland. There's like a big scene there. I learned a lot from this episode. So I highly recommend you check out at cat.hollis on Instagram and check out her Haymarket Pole Collective um, But and, and listen to this episode. But I have to read this quote because I just feel like it so captures what I wish I knew about dating. Or I don't even know if I still know it. I just, I really loved this. And I thought it would resonate with people who listen to this podcast. So basically, Nicole Byer asked her, you know, what can you take from, like, you create a fantasy for, you know, while when you're dancing. So what can you kind of give me as advice that I could take into dating from being a dancer? And this is what Kat Hollis shared. If I was going to bring one piece of advice from what I've learned as a dancer, it would be to get ready for a 98% no. I like to say that if you have to ask 10 people to get one dance, or or sorry, I like to say you have to ask 10 people to get one dance. So if you get four no's, that's not a sign to give up. That's a sign to ask six more people because you want to get those no's out of the way. Statistically speaking, you get more and more likely to get a yes the more no's you get. So just don't lose faith in your product because you get a no. Don't lower your price. Don't lower your expectations or standards because you're getting no's. That just means you have a niche market. And once you find that market, it is so worth it. Which to me, I was just like, I just was blown away by the statistics of it. I don't know. I was like, that's a really interesting way to think about it. So I just wanted to share that because I was I was mind blown. And I read it poorly. So go listen to the episode. But... I feel like it kind of leads into our our conversation today. I love that quote. Oh. It, yeah, she was awesome. incredible. It's awesome for everything in life. Just like don't yeah. let the nose 
get to you. You know, like you just got to fucking keep plugging and like that's the only way anyone ever gets what they want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we love numbers here, don't we? Okay, sorry. My foot <laughs> is asleep map. and shifting awkwardly. Okay. Should we dive into our commandments? <laughs> sorry, Jesus. Let's get it. Okay. This is exactly what Jesus said before he started writing them. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and who did Jesus write them? We're not sure. Okay. Um, uh, Liza, do you want to share your format idea? Yes. Okay. So I had an idea because I I want everything to be a game um, where basically we each kind of claim a, a, a question when someone's reading it. We can just say mine. Like we can be like mine or like taking it or whatever. We'll just grab it. Like almost like on the voice where they turn the chairs around. Like when you know, when we have an impulse, when we're like, we know the answer, we know the commandment, we know what it is, like buzzing in. So we can say any of those things. Even the person reading it. Like, if I'm reading it and I have a moment where I'm like, yes, this is mine. Got it. Whatever. Like, you can be reading it and then be like, mine. I'm taking it. Um, so, and then at the end of it, instead of us all weighing in, the other two people will either kind of be like, yeah, basically agree or, like, disagree. And here's why in under 10 seconds. Like, a, a one sentence, like, this is why I disagree. Um, and, yeah, I just thought it would be a fun, a fun, like, new way to go through the questions. So that I'm we down. can, like, get through more questions. Yeah, we have so many good questions this week. Yeah. It's on. Love it. Cool. Mine. Cool. Cool. Let's see how this actually works in practice. (laughs) Um, Should I read the first one? Yeah. Okay. So, dear Liza and Kimmy, I love your recent episode on body positivity. Thank you. You are welcome. We like doing that And Carlin, yeah. Shout Um, out to Carlin. And Carlin, yeah. I would love to try your method. It seems like the only way to make dating fair. But I admit, I... uh, But I admit I meet so many terrible arrogant finance guys who call me a de- who call me a depreciating asset narcissistic guys who tell me I can't really understand reality and most recently a guy I was dating a year before I realized he'd had a serious girlfriend the whole time it's hard to keep going I've heard some of us have quote broken pickers and I think that's me probably a lot of us perhaps you could do an episode for those of us who know abstractly good men are out there but only seem to find subclinical sociopaths thank you so much for all you do the body positivity episode meant a lot to me it felt like you're having an important cultural conversation all women should be having. Though I'm not about to go skinny dipping at camp. LOL. I'll tell my friend. <laughs> um, thank you so much for your kind words, listener. Anybody want to claim it? Mine. I'll do it. Okay. okay. I think this feel just because this feels like when we started this podcast, exactly where I was at dating in New York. Um, and I would say this commandment is tricky because you may still meet someone who had a serious girlfriend the whole time, but I think it's uh, go out with people you wouldn't le- wouldn't normally find yourself going out with. Go. It feels like there's a type in some of this, like even just saying arrogant finance guys who call me a depreciating asset. There are plenty of guys who work in finance who are not going to call you a depreciating asset, um, but like change the people – you're saying yes to maybe just to switch it up and feel it out. That's not answering the whole question though. So I would love, you know, I'm already breaking the rules. That's my thought though. I agree. I think, I think the idea that like, I've heard that before, like a broken picker, but I, it's not like you were picking, like, unless you were like looking for guys that were like finance assholes, like that puts too much of like, their shittiness on you like that's i i don't i think yeah no 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 i think people are like broken and rude and for whatever reason like they just come in into our lives and we have to like deal with it unfortunately but i think i think a way to counteract that is like saying yes to other things that maybe you wouldn't like usually consider and then like see how that goes right because like not every finance person is going to be terrible but I think I don't think we should have the framework of like you know oh it's me like I'm picking these poorly because I think as, as long as you feel you're feeling like comfortable and safe like that's like really like the you know the bare minimum like when picking people and like beyond that it's kind of like out of our control um yeah, so I agree. Like, say yes to other things, but also don't, like, you know, have the mindset, like, oh, it's me. Like, I don't know how to pick them. Like, 
you know, people are terrible. So, I mean, yeah, and then that goes yeah. back to the, like, you know, don't let the, the six out of the ten, like, you know, sway you from stopping because, like, you know, maybe it's maybe it's number seven. Totally. Yeah. I, I agree with both of you guys, but I would also just add that, like, I think this is a great place to do some kind of, like, positive list ma- making about, like, the types of attribute you want in a partner um, and have them be completely not... um about like job or money or anything like that have it be like whatever kindness like being um not afraid to commit like you know whatever it might be um the most important things to you and just having them in front of you like I think can help you search for that and I also would suggest that maybe you need to be having conversations about what the other person wants earlier on like a second date be like so what are you looking for long term like what's your what's your goal and you know what do you what type of relationship do you want to have like like I you know I don't want to waste anybody's time I think you can be a little bit more straightforward um because I think then you're going to be able to really quickly weed out people who are not excited about commitment it feels like all of these guys don't seem they you know I am very obsessed with your term subclinical sociopath that's great and we'll be stealing that and using that but um, I think that like, you know, you're kind of saying they're like arrogant, narcissistic, um, and, and this guy lied to you for a year, which is horrible. So I think basically like these guys all like were not that excited about committing in one way or another to the type of relationship that you wanted. So I think like make it really important to make sure that they are invested in that earlier, even if it's not with you, even if it's just like, I want to find out in theory if you want to do this. And then we'll see in practice if we're the right people to do that together. Yes. And we'll make all the rest of these concise. But I was just thinking about both of your points around the broken picker and how really maybe your picker is just fine, but these people were bad. Um, When I think about my experience and feeling like I had a broken picker, it maybe wasn't even a broken picker, but just a broken like ability to listen to my gut when I knew it was time to get out of something like that that hardest part of your gut that's so tiny inside you don't want to listen to because you know maybe you're happy to have this person that you're dating but uh if that helps at all I just wanted to throw that in okay shall we do another (laughs) yes all right do you want me to take this one it came from Instagram it's short sweet sure all right why is it always we should get never? Sorry, <laughs> whoa, 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 Kimmy, I'm gonna try that again. Why is it always we should get a beer and never when are you free? So, in case it's unclear, why are people on apps like, hey, we should get a beer sometime instead of when are you free? Let's make a date. I want to take you out. Anyone have strong feelings? I don't. Or th- strong thoughts? I mean, I don't either. I feel like I feel like I don't have that. I don't, I don't get that. I, I usually, I mean, they're not like, you know, let me take you out, but it's like, I think the whole, I, I understand the question. I understand the assignment. Um, but like, I, I haven't had that really. Like, it's usually like, let's, let's go out or do something like that's like, and I think also, okay. So my experience was like recently in the times of COVID when like that wasn't an option, which like forced people to do like think outside of the box and maybe do something like more personal like let's take a walk let's go on a hike let's go to the park and things like that so maybe that's like a that's like a poor comparison for me because most recently it was like all COVID dating for me yeah I think if I had to distill this though into a let's empower ourselves in dating I'd say ask them when they're free if there's a certain kind of getting on a date you want like I think Yes, it's certainly annoying to hear more like we should do this and the waffly and the the wasted time online. I am no stranger to. Um, it, w- it used to make me so angry, actually, especially when people would flake and cancel. But just like to, I don't know, this podcast helped me just have to ask people out or get on the date. And then, you know, really quickly a lot about that person and where they're at in dating without even asking them directly if they want a relationship or not. It's just... It becomes really clear um, if someone wants to even just make that date to have a drink with you versus like have you as a person on their phone they can talk to and feel validated by. So that's mm. 
Yes, agreed. And that's, <laughs> thank you for reminding me of what we're actually doing here, empowerment. So I think something we have talked about before, at least like my go-to is if they're being like weird about like not setting a date, I'll just swoop in. It's like, okay, let's meet here then and whatever. And it's usually a place that I feel comfortable with. And it's a place that even if it the date went poorly, I would still go to mm-hmm. this establishment. So I think it's, I think sometimes like taking the reins in that situation, especially if somebody's like not active and like setting it up, I think that power should be all about like your comfort and safety and like what you feel okay with doing. And then I think, cause like, I mean, we're all nervous the first time, so I don't know, unless it's a standard for you, like, you know, he has to set it then, which is fine. Like you can like set that, but I think there's, it's good to have to like drive the car for that part because then like, you know that you'll be, like, in an area that you like, and it's, like, easy to get to walk to or escape if you need to, if you have a friend, like, around the corner. Like, you know what I mean? So I think I don't mind setting it. Like, I'll do that if they're kind of, like, you know, being wishy-washy about it, because then I'm at least, like, controlling, like, the environment, if that makes sense. So, yeah. yeah. And again, totally. yeah, then you're controlling the environment and you're making it easier for them to get on that date in a specific place that, you know, also says something about you. And if they don't, from there, if they're not, if they're still waffling, on to the next. God, yeah. Yeah. I think that, like, it's hard because it's obviously a short question. I'm going to say, like, the commandment is control the situ- take control of the situation. And the thing that I'm adding is don't sweat the small stuff. I mean, I think a lot of people have no idea how to date and it's vulnerable for everyone and they're trying their best. And sometimes it's scarier to be like, you want to grab, less scary to be like, you want to grab a beer than to be like, hi, I'd like to take you on a date. When are you free? Yeah. For all, for myriad reasons. So I would just say like, get on the date and then decide what the person's vibe is then. You know, if they're like, like you guys said, if they're waffling a ton and they're wasting your time, like that's annoying and you have every right to be like, fuck it. Like, I don't have time for this. But if you just don't love the initial approach, but like because it's because of a small difference in language like this, I would say like go on the date with them and then see how you feel because like fucking no one knows what they're doing. Kimmy was talking about how she, when when date 13 was out of town, she forgot like how his texting style is just <laughs> like not exactly what she would want punctuation wise. And she always had this mm-hmm. feeling of like, are you mad at me? And that's her like a ton of boyfriend she's been dating like, for like three years. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, so go on the date and then get the, the vibe of the person, I would say. Why do men love texting? Straight men love texting with periods sometimes. Not all of them. I but a bun- in a way that Period. I think as yeah. women, we have been like told or taught, sorry, just through texting that that would mean someone's mad at us. I don't know. It's yeah. the same way. Yeah, and we tend to use like exclamation points and emojis because we want people to like get our, our like, uh, you know, the emotion or the the intention behind the text, which is why we're better. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. like I, this is a, this is a thing that I genuinely feel it's insane, especially at work. We have to like masculinize our emails. Like that's so fucking annoying. I like people making feel good with my written communication. Like <laughs> I just prefer yeah. it. No. I don't want to fucking be more like a man and use less exclamation points. I know. I think it's when insane. we work together, you taught me that, and like I still struggle with it. But this, I think the conversation is changing. I've had this conversation with like colleagues who are women and how we we feel like you can be an amazing leader, powerful person, and and still use exclamation points and be a warm, yeah, and like warm care leader. how people yeah. like how you come across to people. It's like. Oh, yeah, let's all just stop caring what people think of us entirely and <laughs> being a dick to people. And that, no, anyway, I like men. I don't know why. I, like, I, I don't hate men. I just, just we're allowed to whine about them, though. Okay, shall we do the exist. next one? <laughs> let's do the next one. Carlin, do you want to read one? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, sorry. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, right. Question three How to overcome fear of first dates? I get anxious and avoidant and cancel last minute. Mine. Mine. Oh, oh my god i've like literally been waiting for this one carly okay. I, we, i'm giving you can carly. go you can Sorry, go you can go okay you're fine okay so oh my gosh so in the whole like be a casting director what i want to talk about and kimmy and liza can like verify verify this so as all former actors i think we've talked about before how like we really love interviews because it's kind of like just playing a role and it's like kind of easy for actors because you're essentially just selling yourself and that same kind of concept you should totally do on first dates. And so specifically 
it's it's not that I'm not being true to myself, but I know like what's a good talking point. Like the, the question of like, you know, what do you like to do for fun is always going to come up. And then I always say the same thing. One, because it's true. And two, because I know it's going to get a laugh. I say something like the, I think I've even said it on the pod before. There was one summer that I said yes to life and I had a terrible time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one, because it's true. And then two, like usually it's like, it's the person like more comfortable, but like you should just, I think, the anxiety around first dates is because like you're trying to be the perfect person or show like your best qualities but really all you have to do is think about you can kind of go into the situation like with the like with set stories or answers or things that you want to talk about and like you could say the same thing on every first date like one they're not going to know two it's not a lie because it's actually who you are but if you think about like tailoring those answers then to the situation in the person and it's just kind of becomes like automatic like that's the kind of thing with acting it's not that you're coming up with all these like fresh thoughts all the time you're essentially saying the same thing like if I do the same monologue at an audition like I could use one monologue that's like really speaks to me and tailor it to every audition just by the intention and the emotion behind my words. And so I think there's a thing about being your cast, being your own casting director is like not putting so much pressure on yourself to be the perfect person because like also they're auditioning for you. Like you don't have to be like this perfect person to have it all together. So it's like, I'm going to say these three stories about myself and I know that they're engaging and I know that they truly represent who I am as a person. And then I'm not going to like sweat the small stuff because either it's going to go well or it's not. But I think if we put so much pressure on ourselves to be like, this has to be, I have to create all these magical moments. Like it's just not going to work. So take off the pressure, have like three, like standard stories or things about yourself and like go with that. I think if you kind of treat it kind of like a rubric that all these first dates, like you can say the same thing, it's kind of easier and it takes off the pressure of like creating like that magic. And if the magic is there, it'll be there. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, you're not like stifling anything from happening, but I think at least that's how I was thinking about it. Like for anxiety, my first dates, I'm literally saying probably all the same things. And then if it's a good first date, like one that turns into three hours, then I'm opening up more and saying things that I probably wouldn't like to other guys. But for that like first hour until like the alcohol (laughs) kicks in or or, like the nerves wear off, like I'm saying what I say to any person that I'm first meeting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Agree, Liza. Yeah, agree. Could we just I think the commandment. Yeah. All right. Sorry. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm I'm only ag- agreeing. Like, I think the commandment is like, remember, dates are just an interaction between any two people. Yes. If you can take the like, the self judgment, the fear of judgment, the fear of rejection, like, if you can take all of that out and just be like, it's just a conversation between two people who are getting to know each other for an hour, which is really all it is. It's like, yeah, y- you, you know, um. I think is I'll, that a good distillation? Alternative? <laughs> fake it till you make it? I I don't know. A little bit? Or uh, I kind of hate this quote, but isn't – what's the quote about fear that's like fear is being afraid and doing it anyway? Or what it, bravery is having – what is that quote that I kind of hate? Because, again, even with dating, how to overcome fear of first dates. Like we don't know your past. This was an Instagram submitted one. If it's around like some larger trauma, totally different. But – just like before yeah. a job interview, to Carlin's point, I always get anxious before a job interview. It doesn't mean that every job interview goes poorly, you know? If I could cancel job interviews without looking unprofessional, it would be very tempting. And I feel like first dates, like having those stories, having some preparation. I hate to make it like that, but it's a really good point, Carlin. Having your, being prepared. Uh, I don't know. I know there's something about like, I like if we could distill it down to like what's an actor essentially doing and they're tailoring themselves like to the situation so and it's not like you're not lying it's just it's oh gosh I don't know how to distill it it is kind of like fake it till you make it but it's also just like don't put like all of your weight and purpose and hopes and dreams on this one hour encounter because like maybe that's all that it is it's an audition like you're both auditioning so just uh, but then I think some people would be like that makes <laughs> that makes it even worse and so I don't know and some Wait, people... I have a commandment okay yes great it's thank you it's just an hour like, it's yeah it's just, it's just an, an hour. hour just an yeah. hour like doesn't mean anything about you doesn't mean anything about them 
doesn't mean anything about anything. It's an hour of your life. It's, you know, two episodes, two, three episodes of a half hour sitcom without commercials. Um, it, it's just, that's all it is. And I also think that, you know, this is a, the more you do it, the less yeah. scary it will be. That doesn't help, like, getting on the date necessarily. But the, um, you know, after a few times that you don't cancel, I can't believe I'm making this dumb of an analogy, but I used to be really insecure about working out in front of people and going to the gym and going to yoga classes. And I used to, like, book them all the time and cancel them because I didn't want to go and I didn't want people to see my body and I didn't want to not be good at things in front of people and I didn't want people to I didn't want teachers to come over and adjust me I just was so afraid of going to exercise in front of other people it was horrifying to me and I just forced my myself to do it a couple times and now I'm like taking my shirt off in yoga even though like my body doesn't look like the other people's bodies you know it's it is something where the act of pushing through will yield you know multiple well, what's the clearly? I don't have a great investment life. It's gonna like yield dividends, <laughs> you know. It, yeah, it will. It'll happen fast, and it'll happen quickly because you'll realize like it's just an hour. And yeah. uh, I did this with a workout Barry's boot camp that friends pressured me into that I signed up to while drunk on the Fourth of July. Um, but <laughs> I did this yesterday, and I was so scared I wanted to cancel, but because people were like, "We're doing a thing," I did it, and it sounds so sad, and I'm not. It's like the most embarrassing first world problem example, but truly never, never did I go on a first date and not get that butterfly anxious feeling before, but it got easier and easier. Only the only thing that helped that was going on more for first dates. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. We were real good at keeping this concise. Should we take I a know. break? We're, yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> let's take a really quick ad break and then we'll come back and we'll have more. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Okay, we're back with some very great wisdom. Carlin just had a really great um, framework. <laughs> I keep saying yes, framework. I had a moment to breathe and think about my words. And we think the commandment for the last one, we're going to dub it like the rule of three. So on first dates or any date, really, you come in with three things that you want to say about yourself or share about yourself. Three things you want to ask the other person. And you can have like three things that are just like, red flags for you or like a standard that if it happens like you can leave the date like as early as you want you can leave the date whenever you want to but like if you want to think about three things and then that's enough time I think that by the time that you share something about yourself and then that person like answers their questions like that gets to the point where it's like oh should we have another drink and then you can stay and then it's less like robotic and you can go past the rubric of the first date and then it's maybe a little bit more natural but for like your technical thinkers out there i think like having like a set idea of like what you want to share on the date and what you want to get out of the date will like really help those nerves calm down because then it's just like it's kind of like a checklist, which is what we're all doing in our minds anyway. And so if you just at least have the three things that you want to get out of it and like what you want to put into it, then easy, done. You can pack it up and go home if you want, or you can extend it and have another drink. So rule of three, baby, that's the commandment. Yeah. And having questions and just like good questions in your back pocket, that I used to be super fucking socially, socially anxious. And I, I had a friend who was like really socially gifted. This was like in high school. And I was like, how are you so comfortable talking to everyone? And she was like, oh, I just ask people questions. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God. It literally, like, melted my brain. And I have been less anxious about all social interactions since then. Because I'm like, oh, I'll just bombard them with questions. If anything's awkward, if anything's whatever, it's just, 
you know, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? What was that like? What's your town like? Were there a lot of people there? How big was your high school? I mean, just it's like you can people are there's a whole novel behind everyone, you know, even like the least interesting person you ever meet. So just fucking go find the find the story. You know, I it's it's not like I wouldn't like have that be the go to. You do want it to be like a natural balance. But if you're feeling anxious, just know you can always reach in your pocket for a question. Yeah. And everyone loves talking about themselves. Okay. For sure. Sure. Let's do another one. Um, okay. Tonight is my first date in two years. We're meeting at an outdoor patio bar. I want to be there 15 to 20 minutes early and grab myself my first drink so that when he arrives, I can avoid awkwardness slash control the controllable. I'm wondering if this might look weird or rude to my date. Thank you in advance. Kimmy, I feel like you have to take that one. Not to put you on the spot, but I feel like you had a really good flow of this when you were dating. Yeah. Though, okay, so I know... a good method? I, I don't know because here's my... I th- this came up in our secret Facebook group just for for some context. And there was a lot of conversation around it that was like from men and women in our group being like, this isn't weird at all. Have the drink. You know, we can distill the commandment in a second. But my thing is if I showed up on a date and the guy had already ordered a drink, I don't know how I would feel. This is a, it's a terrible take I'm having right now. But part of me would be like, you didn't wait. But I also, so then I think the commandment is, Live your life. Like dating, don't, that's something you want to do for you to feel comfortable. It's not, it's not weird or rude. I'm just being, you know, devil's advocate. It's you doing life how you want to do it. You doing dating how you want to do it. You doing the thing, getting the drink, feeling more comfortable. That's totally what we should all be doing when dating. Does that make sense? Like, of course, because this is not rude. This is not rude. There is rude first date behavior. This is not rude. If I walk in and he's like with like another girl and having a drink, like even if it turns out to be his friend or he's like with a group of friends and then I walk in and it's like kind of like a weird third wheel situation, like that would be really uncomfortable for me. But like if he's just there like alone and probably doing what I would have been doing like in my apartment by myself, like I think I'd, I'd be down. Yeah. And I think if you feel weird, you can always say like, hey, sorry, I ordered a drink. I like accidentally got here really early. The train took less time. I don't know. I was in the area early running an errand. So I just probably ordered a drink. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't. I I, even I might have the same impulse as Kimmy. Be like, oh, like you had a drink. Like, I think which I may may or I may not. You never know. It depends on the vibe, the bar. If If you're sitting at the bar like with the bartender right there and it's not that crowded. Sometimes I think it's ruder not to order a drink. You know, like mm-hmm. there, there's a million things that go into this decision. But if you feel like it's coming across weird, be like, oh my God, sorry, I got here. I accidentally got here super early. So I just grabbed a, a beer, whatever, you know. And then I think they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah. You know, like it's kind of weirder to sit at a bar. Like, it, you know, if, if they know you got there early, it might be weirder for you to sit at a bar for like 20 or 25 minutes and not order something. So totally. That's, that's yeah. Our brief dater Katie uh Liza's cousin she would bring a book and she would make it a point to get there early so we have talked about this and we had an update from um this listener who wrote this in that it went really well and she felt great that she had gotten there early and so I would I would say what do you guys feel like this commandment is I feel like it's something about like uh do you? like put yeah do you do you That's do you it. boo right yep, do yeah. you boo boo <laughs> You're the boss, applesauce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, yes. that's a Taylor Mac. Oh. It was very cute. Anyway, okay. Should we do a dating detective? Yeah, yes. we're going to do a little dating detective. We'll, we'll still distill this into a commandment, but yeah, please. Sorry, I'm just rudely interrupting because I'm going to beg you all to send us some um, forensic details. What What are the... We all are into true crime. What are some of the the clues we want? Just tell us about these these mystery experiences you've had that you'd like us to crack if we can. Um, okay, here we go. Back in 2019, I went on two dates with a guy. I originally asked him out and knew by way of mutual friends that he'd never even gone on a date before or kissed a girl. He was 22-ish at the time. We went out twice and had a great time. He kissed me at the end of the second date, very quickly and obviously nervous, but he did. Everything was going really well, and then he told me out of the blue he didn't have time to date because of work. What? Hmm. Okay. Detectives. What do you think happened here? I don't know. I feel like I had an experience like this with Mr. 
bright side um mm. where we had like great dates and then he sent that text where he just well i guess his text was a little bit specific in the sense that he said he's just like not ready to date right now he wouldn't be able to like fully commit he wouldn't be fully himself or whatever but i think i think they're related because i think sometimes guys are like m- maybe unable to like compartmentalize like if something so say he's like hasn't dated before and like so he's trying to do this new thing but then like something goes wrong at work and then because that goes wrong it's like i can't think about anything else i can only think about this one thing and now i'm not a guy so i can't actually like verify if that's like actually their thought process but i think i've heard like a lot of situations where that has happened and so i guess i just wonder I mean, the question is like, you know, oh, was it me or is it me? And I don't think it is. Like, I think it's when things like that happen, it's just something else that's happened in their life that has maybe derailed and they just can't focus on like the dating or the date or the person. Maybe. Yeah. No, I think that's correct. I'm going to add something that will sound harsh, but then it's not. And I think we can make a commandment out of it. He also could have, for any reason, it has nothing to do with your personality, just like been like, I'm not really into this. This isn't work. Like, I don't feel romantic. So I'm going to make up an excuse, right? If it wasn't really work. And that, to your point, Carlin, has nothing to do with you, listener. But it always feels like, what on earth? Like, you, it seemed like you liked me. I, I relate to this because... I feel like every time there was that follow-up text to a first date, like, had a great time tonight. That was actually the kiss of death. We've talked about this all the time. And I think the commandment that would come out of something like this for me is just something about, oh, it's probably the casting director. Be your own casting director. Like, you're not getting rejected, actually. It just didn't work, you know, which is so hard to internalize. But, uh, yeah. So I don't think, again, I don't think that it's, just that he wasn't into you, he could have been. But it also, it just sounds like not, like something wasn't there for him. And that has nothing to do with you and your worth as a person and dater and everything. Um, it could have everything to do with him. We don't know his story too. And he was new to dating. So that's my thought. Yeah. I would say like, it sounds like, I agree with both of you. I think that I'll just address the kissing part of this because that's like, we haven't talked about it yet. It sounds like he's got a lot of insecurities and there's a good chance that those played into him pulling back. Maybe he, like someone told him that, you know, they had told you that he had never kissed anyone and then he realized that you knew it was his first kiss. Who knows? Any of those things can be true. He also could have thought it was a horrible kiss and horribly awkward and because he has, you know, I was like kind of an old virgin. I have friends who were kind of old virgins and you know, there's a lot of insecurity that builds up around an experience. Um, and I have used that as a way to back away to pe- from people, um, like uh, feeling insecure about my own lack of experience. Um, I think any of those things could play in. I think, yeah, the commandment for me is like very similar, but it's like, I kind of think there's no such thing as rejection on an early date. Mm. Like, I just don't think it exists. Um, wow, I like it. Or that like, that's I the commandment like, is no more. Yeah. It's not rejection if it's an early date. Yeah. It just doesn't really, mm. you know, it, it, if it's an early date, it's just, it just doesn't, there wasn't a connection. And if you felt one and they don't feel one, that really sucks. But ultimately, like, it just wasn't there. Because if it was there, you both would have felt it. Hmm. Interesting. That's real. Like, I feel like you can get rejected when you're, like, deeply in love with someone and they, wake up one day after 20 years and just say, like, I don't love you. Like, you know, like, that's rejection and whatever. But this guy doesn't know you. doesn't know anything about you. Yeah, you and know? on this date, it, we don't know. But it doesn't sound like you kind of declared your love to him. Then it would be, you know, rejection. or And, it, and technically, yes, if you send a follow-up test about, text about going and get out again and he says no, that's rejection. But Liza, I like that. Just, like, reframing what rejection is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the definition of, like, an early date? Like, is it – under three under five Mm, good question definitely under three i think after i mean even three things can some it depends i guess i just mean especially on a first date this is a second date i don't know liza what were you thinking 
I feel like it kind of is, yeah, three or under. I think four and over we're into like, I mean, I just would encourage everyone to think about the fact that like, I think rejection, it becomes more and more potent the longer you've known someone. So if it's only been a couple dates or even if it's only been a couple months, as much as those things can feel really sad and hurtful and I'm absolutely not discrediting that. I just spent so much time being so devastated when someone like didn't want me or didn't feel the same way about me as I did about them. When now looking back, I'm like, oh, they didn't know me at all. Mm. Like they just knew like a couple things about me that I had chosen to show them. And also it, you know, now that I'm just a little bit more confident through therapy and being in like a relationship that truly feels equal and loving and understanding what that actually feels like, I realize like just isn't right. It's not if you feel something for them and they don't feel something for you, it's not right. It just is a bummer. But I feel like we can have a difference between it's a bummer and I wish it were different. And like I have been rejected and it's about me. It's not about you at all. Like it's about the lack of the Venn diagram between you two. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. Very well. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. We're going to end it on a high note. Just kidding. Okay. Also, everyone gets rejected. I just want to say like yeah. fucking because I also was like, oh, my God, it's my body. It's my, it's my everyone gets rejected. The hottest women in the world get cheated on. It's just it's just like it doesn't. And again, I'm saying I'm air quoting rejection rejected, which I realize now like we're on a podcast. And no one can see my air quotes. <laughs> but like when I say everyone gets rejected, that's got air quotes around it. Like those things like it just doesn't. It it doesn't, it is not a reflection on your worth. Mm-hmm. I like that. I hear <laughs> Sorry. you. Sorry. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk and <laughs> good night. I like it. It's a good reminder. It's, yeah. I think it, yeah, for any kind of rejection too. Like I'm thinking about jobs. It's so hard to not take these things personally and then you really have to force yourself to zoom out and Yeah. Okay, we're going to end, instead of a worst first date, we're going to end with a a Reddit, am I the asshole um, post that is, that went around Twitter, is pretty egregious, and, you know, we're just going to end on a garbage note. No, I think it's, (laughs) I think we can pull, I think we can pull an uplifting commandment out of this if if we need to, but I'm doing it. We can cut it out if it gets too dark. I no, just couldn't I believe this was real. And it's yeah. jaw dropping. It's jaw, jaw dropping. Okay. Am I the asshole for inviting my 29 male? So this person writing is 29 male girlfriend, 28 female on an expensive vacation and expecting her to pay all of her share in parentheses. I make a lot more than her. Hello, my girlfriend, myself, my parents, and my brother and his wife all went on vacation in another country a week ago. My brother and I were the ones who did most of the planning of the itinerary, or although we did ask everyone else for input. For background, I make around $150,000 as an I dollars as an IT consultant. My girlfriend is a teacher making $45,000. My parents are pretty affluent, as well as my brother and sister-in-law. My girlfriend knew this trip was coming up and took on a second job waitressing on the weekends for several months to get ready for it. We have always split things 50-50 in the two years we have been together. There were a few times on the vacation when she did not go on outings with us, wine tasting, scuba diving, etc. She would also only eat two meals a day, simply stating that she was on a budget. My family does favor more high-end expensive places my parents thought it was very strange that she only eats two meals a day although she normally eats three when we got home i asked her why she skipped out on several of the outings and she only ate two meals a day sorry i I cannot i can't uh, the, the disdain um i mentioned how i heard her stomach growling one night and said i was concerned about her having an eating disorder she got teary eyed and said that three meals a day wasn't fiscally feasible for her and neither were the outings that she chose not to go on she went on three of six outings Sorry, I'm not angry at her. I'm angry at him. (laughs) It came out wrong. (laughs) She said she was not expecting everything to cost so much and she was overwhelmed. She also said she doesn't know if this is going to work long term. If she's expected to go on vacations like that with people who make so much more than her. I feel bad that he didn't pick up on her discomfort sooner, but we did agree to split everything 50-50 and I don't know why she agreed to come if cost was an issue. Oh, Dude! Oh, uh, like, I... (laughs) Do it. I just, I just, I, 
like they've been dating two years. They like you already know what she makes. I I just don't. She had to get another job to come on this trip. Like, what do you like this whole like you know? Oh, I don't understand. Like, why well, you made this trip? Is one you could like fucking ask her. Like, did you? I feel like she's already like giving you the lay of the land of like how this is gonna be an issue for her. But she's like trying to do everything she can so that she can come on. And then to judge her after everything she did, like, like, right. How would you have a relationship after this? Like, so if you guys were to get married, like, I just don't, oh my God, I just don't understand like that mindset. It's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. And also like, of course she's going to go. She wants to be, she wants to make a good impression on your family. Like if you're invited on family vacation, I feel like it's, very very difficult to say like no I can't afford it it doesn't like especially if you're dating someone who comes from an affluent family like it's gonna make you feel bad I mean I have like I've been in this situation I am currently in a relationship where I make much less money than the person I'm with and it is such a fucking bummer the the gap is less big than these two but it is a bummer for both of us when we were earlier on in dating I was very insistent on stuff being split 50-50 because I didn't want him to think that I liked him, you know, like I I didn't want him to think I relied Mm -hmm. on, like I just didn't, it just doesn't feel good. So, you know, and there were a couple of times where I was like, well, I can't go on vacation this year. Like, sorry, (laughs) you know, but you, the communication has to be there. And then there were a couple of times where he was like, just shut the fuck up and let me take you on vacation. Like, I get it. I get all of it. Like, yes, like appreciated like let's just go on vacation and we will I'm sure we'll figure this out in our long life together you know and like it's it's but it's always like a very tricky thing to balance but it just sounds like this relationship does not have proper communication from either side if she doesn't feel comfortable in advance saying like hey I can't swing this it's going to be really really tough but I don't want to make a bad impression on your parents but I do feel strongly about 50-50, but I'm just like not sure the right way into this. Like, is there a way you can talk about with your parents doing like a more low-key vacation that we can all do together or, you know, whatever like that? Ugh. It's just this is just so I am like personally a little bit triggered <laughs> only because I know the trickiness of this situation and it does really, really suck. But also, like, yeah, I don't know. Just it's truly mind boggling that this is how someone thought. And I think like just going to be just getting into the facts of the situation. This is this may sound a little uh, simplistic or shallow to me. I saw this floating around the Internet, hadn't read the whole thing for a minute, like at first. And I assumed it was because I just saw the headline, you know, oh, on an expensive vacation. So they're just going the two of them. Liza, kind of similar to your situation. Yes, that's definitely challenging and weird. And again, there would be no defending him still the way he speaks about his girlfriend and et cetera. But the fact that this is a family trip, it's it's not even the trip that you two want to go on together. She's working an extra job to go on a trip that's not necessarily, money aside, not necessarily the dream trip she wanted to go on. And you can't see the sacrifices she's making. And also, if your family's affluent, I feel like the standard, this is where I'm just going to sound a little shallow, is that family would take care of her, at least the dinners. She's, they're letting her skip a meal? I'm sorry. Like, I, there's no part of me that understands this. And I feel like if we think about this woman, let's say we heard the other side from her writing in, what would be the commandment for her? Like, or anyone dating? I mean, this is this went viral because it's egregious. And luckily, not everyone is like this, we, we hope. Uh, what would be kind of, I don't know, if you're making big sacrifices financially? My commitment for her is don't marry him. Don't marry into this family. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel the same way you're saying, like, exactly what you said. You're saying your parents are affluent. I totally understand if they're not paying for, like, the flights or the hotels. But, like, they should be paying for meals. Your parents are affluent. They're taking your family on vacation. Or at least that, I mean, this family is weird about money. And their son is, too. And I wouldn't marry into them. And, you know, again, that is not an expectation if this person who wrote it and read it hadn't said, I'm affluent. My parents are affluent. My brother's affluent. My sister-in-law's affluent. Like, but he he said this. Oh my god, I am enraged. Yeah. Um. No, I think the commandment is is you have to communicate about money and make your boundaries 
clear and talk about why they exist. Like maybe, again, I do want to give her the benefit of the doubt. Like maybe she is the one who was like, it has to be 50-50. Only because like I did that (laughs) because I needed to feel equality in my relationship. And I get it. But like, then you also have to say, but I can't go on this trip. Can we go to like a lake house that's a drive away and so there's no flights? You know, like there's shades of compromise that that have to come in. Yeah, just don't date someone who who can't compromise on anything. And also money is gross in dating. And I don't know. It's important to talk about and it's important to get on the same page about at a certain point in dating, but it's just gross, whether it's being withheld from you. No, sorry, that's not really fair, but F this guy. Uh, or or if it's being showered on you. Like, money just is gross. I feel like you start to see people's true colors when it comes to money. Totally. Oh, wow. We should have a money expert a money expert on about setting, like, money rules in dating. That's something yes. we haven't talked about. I feel like it's yeah. really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, that was Carlin, any commandments? Right. <laughs> uh, I guess I was just like, don't, yeah, marry someone that doesn't like respect you. I guess I just yeah. feel like, you know, they were, they had been dating for like two years up until that point. And like, you're now, you're like just now seeing like what it takes for her, like at that salary. I'm not saying that like affluent people shouldn't like understand the day to day struggles of somebody that makes way even less than half than what they make but like I feel like for two years and then I'm sure his response would be like well we did everything 50-50 well then don't judge her for her 50-50 is only doing two meals because like you are like harping on that and then you're gonna judge her and say like I think you have an eating disorder because you didn't eat a third meal like I like how how long I, I just what have you been doing these past two years and then I just yeah like don't I think it's totally how, I guess, whatever you said, like, you know, oh, how she maybe doesn't see the future. Right. Yeah. Don't be with someone who, like, doesn't respect you at any point of the, whether it's two years, it's early dating, whatever. Like, I'm sure that's not the first time, like, something around money, like, has come up. Like, I'm sure it hasn't just been all smooth sailing before this. So, like, you don't have to settle for that. Like, that's, I mean, money not that money has to be so important, but it is important in like how we live our lives. So like, I just, you don't have to deal with that. That's a great commandment. Don't settle for someone who doesn't respect you or don't be with someone who doesn't respect you because it's, yeah, that's, I love it. That's exactly what is wrong here because there's no respect. It's not just about the money and the splitting. The, asking if she has an eating disorder. Come on, dude. Respect her. Allowing her to get a second job to, to, when she's a teacher right, like, in a pandemic uh, allowing her to get a second job so that they, she can go on vacation with your family is just so disrespectful right. and not taking the extra leap to be like oh she's not asking to for me to cover more because she's too proud or she's say she's insisting on all these things she's the most self-sufficient person and she's gonna do it and don't question her like I'm just making that like let's say that she's absolutely firm on it like that it's still disrespect for him not it, stopping her from doing that so right. that she could participate in his family traditions. And the and whole, he, like, oh, she only participated in three out of six outings. Like, so I'm pretty sure, like, for most vacations, like, when you plan these things and, like, reserve, like, you could have done, like, like a detailed, like, <laughs> itinerary and, like, inventoried out, like, what it was going to cost and have a conversation about, like, Hey, I know that we're like so affluent and we like to go to expensive places. Here's what it's going to take. Like if we split 50-50, do you think like, again, that communication? But then it sounds like he was like surprised on the trip and then later came back and judged her like, what the fuck was wrong with you? And it's like, excuse me? (laughs) Yeah, let this be. He was on his totally own path. He's not even acknowledging like the life situation, circumstances, wants, needs of his partner. Right. Of two years. So let this right. be the 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 most egregious version of smaller things any of us might accept in earlier dating or in in longer term dating, but just like smaller versions of. And that's why I think the commandment is spot on what you said, Carlin, about don't be with someone who doesn't respect you. Full stop. In any way, shape, Amen. or form. Amen. I'm doing the drag queen hands thing where it's like, <laughs> you know, grabbing the air. 
I love it. I can't really describe this. Um, I think it, like, you yeah. have to have the long nails. Like, you do, like, the clicking yeah, you know. nail. Like the... <laughs> My little sausages. Just, yeah. Okay. <laughs> just uh, skin on skin hair. Well, guys, this was a great ep. I hope our commandments make sense. Um, I am going to try to find someone to come on to talk about money and dating who's like, knows how to do this, because I think it's, like, such a fucking thing in this Reddit post. is bringing it all up. Um pals we will be back very soon once once carlin is settled in her new home we'll be back with more dates we'll be back with more experts we love you so much we thank you so much for listening anything else go on get a out date. there go on a date go on a date. go on a date with someone who respects you Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.